podcast. My name is Seth Yates, and joining me as always is the legendary Will Fain. And today we have a part two to last week's podcast. We had Dr. Greg Bennett, and today we have the younger Matthew Bennett on the podcast. Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you all? Cold, cold as ever. Cold as cold ever. Owen Tannen. Owen Tannen fantasy. Will is just kind of struggling right now. It's just, it's not a good, not a good season for any of the favorite teams. <laughs> hey, there's nowhere to give it up. So that's a good thing. <laughs> so Matthew, we went to high school together. You had a very successful high school baseball career. You won a state title on a really good team. You then had the opportunity to play college baseball during this whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. What was, what was it like playing on that team full of, I don't know how many D1 players we had on that high school team to then your high, your college career and kind of where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So like you mentioned, went to college station high school was, was able to be a part of some really good teams. It's kind of crazy looking back. I think at one point we were ranked second in the country and for a, a new school, a smaller school at that point, we didn't even have any seniors. It was, we were just sophomores and juniors and we were freshmen when it opened. So there were only two grades, which was even crazier. Yeah. Looking back, it was kind of, it was kind of wild that we had, let's see, we had out of those 11 guys that were on that varsity roster, which is kind of small now by today's standards, out of those 11 guys, 10 of them play, went and ended up playing some form of college baseball and the 11th is now a country music star. So uh, so it's kind of just full circle in terms of how good we were. And it was a lot of fun being on those teams. And it really felt like a, because we grew up playing together, it felt like a very close-knit group. Um, and obviously enjoyed a lot of success. One state my sophomore year and then went to state my senior year and lost in the semifinals. But yeah, no, it was a great experience, and it was it was really cool to kind of have that before going to college and joining a successful program in Sanford, especially for their conference and for that level. Um, definitely on the smaller end in terms of Division One schools, which was nice for me. I, I really enjoyed the smaller atmosphere, the smaller environment, and really got to know a lot of my teachers and a lot of my classmates well, and obviously a lot of the athletes, and also was really fortunate to enjoy some success there as well. We won our tournament a few times, went to regionals, actually my sophomore year beat Florida state, the Friday night game and, and their regional. Yeah. And we, we always played Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi state, Vanderbilt really well, um, beat Auburn and Alabama a lot, probably more than we should have, but yeah. So I, I think overall got to really enjoy during my playing career a lot of really good baseball and got to be a part of some really good teams played with a lot of talented guys a few of which are a few of whom are still playing at the professional level from Samford but yeah yeah overall kind of looking back I, I feel really fortunate to to have those experiences and have been to have been on those teams and hopefully it played a small part in the success of those clubs for sure. So what would Absolutely. you say would be some like big differences from high school ball to college ball? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think the, the first thing that stood out was the, the depth of the teams. I think that especially at the high school level, even when we got up to 5A, um, and by the end of it, I was mostly, I pitched and I hit, um, but I really noticed it on the pitching side of things when I was throwing to these teams in high school versus college. In high school, like the bottom of the lineup, was not nearly as, I don't want to say not nearly as talented, but it wasn't as competitive of at-bats on a game-to-game basis. Like once you got to the, the sixth or seventh guys in the order, um, it was a little bit easier to kind of work around them than when you got to college. All of those guys were studs on their high school teams. So you really could never, you never really wanted to take a, a break or kind of coast through any at-bats. But in high school, you definitely could get away with that more so. And then once I got to college, you had to be locked in every pitch or the other team was going to make you pay. I'm sorry. I sold your um, resume short. You're also the varsity quarterback for our high school team. I apologize. That was only for a few years. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun, too. I always, I mean, I guess just growing up in Texas, there's always some expectation of of playing football, at least for a little bit. And I I guess I did my time, but I really enjoy watching football. It was just tough, especially I'm sure both of you kind of have an idea of kind of the demands of high school and college sports. And it's really, it got really tough because I wanted to go play college baseball and college football was demanding more and more of my time, especially being a quarterback. They wanted me to do spring ball and seven on seven in the summer. And I just, I just couldn't do both eventually and had to choose one. And I'm glad I chose baseball, but I still definitely enjoy watching football for sure. Yeah, I can, I can attest. Uh, it's very difficult being a five-star kind of intramural athlete, especially in college, you know, kind of people tugging you different ways. They want you to play some football. They want you to play some basketball, maybe some ping pong. There's just not enough will to go around. So, Matthew, I have to confess to you, I have actually been following you for a little while here um, because after you graduated and left Stanford, you joined my favorite professional baseball team, the Tampa Bay Rays. And so when I saw that, I got super excited because that's I've loved that team. I've been following them for a long time now uh, since they were the Devil Rays, Evan Longoria, Carl Crawford, those guys loved that organization. So how did that get started and what is it like working for a professional team like that oh man um i'll try to be for the sake of brevity i'll try to be short but so initially so COVID hit um and i had the choice to go back to sanford and play my COVID year um which for me was always the, at the forefront of my mind especially when the pandemic hit and everything shut down um, definitely was initially my plan a for sure then like through a few connections and just kind of talking with people and catching up I got to talking with a guy who at the time up until recently was the director of baseball ops for Vanderbilt baseball Um, got to know him he's awesome now he works for a sports agency as a VP but he was their like director of ops for eight ten years Um, so getting to know him he was awesome just kind of through getting to know him, kind of explain my own situation and kind of my background. Mm -hmm. He basically said, Hey, we have a spot for you. That's kind of a 
kind of working with our team here at Vanderbilt, you would be doing more. I had started to kind of get into more of the analytics side of baseball and um, had started to do my own research and kind of taught myself how to code and program. And he was like, hey, we have a spot for you if you want to kind of work for the baseball team here at Vanderbilt. And all you would have to do is just get into a grad school program here. And so for me, that was a really tough decision, right? Like, Mm-hmm. obviously wanting to play as much as I could and as long as I could, but I wasn't sure if that opportunity would be still be there at Vanderbilt the next year, if I were to delay it for a year. So after a lot of thought and, and really just kind of breaking down the situation, I ended up going and working with Vanderbilt baseball and joining a grad program. And funnily enough, the grad program had an internship requirement, um, for the summer after the first year and so I applied to a bunch of like business internships my I had an economics undergrad degree so I was like hey why don't I just apply to a bunch of finance business type internships and literally as I was scrolling through my computer one day um, didn't even look at like baseball internships it just one internship popped up that said like affiliate intern with the Tampa Bay Rays and I saw it and I thought to myself, I'm that there's no chance I would ever be considered for a position like this, but I might as well apply. And just, just so I could say that I applied so I could check that box, like would never really wonder what would be if I hadn't. So applied, got the internship somehow. It's kind of crazy looking back. They, once they hired me as an intern, I asked the guy who ended up being my boss how many people applied for that internship and there were around 860 applicants, which was, which was crazy. Right. And, and I was like, well, I'm glad, like, after he told me that, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't know why I'm here, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I did that. And the internship kind of entailed being at an affiliate. Um, I was in Charleston, which was really cool. Charleston's a great city and was with our low a team. And basically doing a little bit of everything, doing a lot of the video stuff, doing a lot of the technological side of things, also doing a lot of the advanced scouting, um, just was kind of doing a little bit of everything. And I guess I did a good enough job to where they, um, in after the season ended, started interviewing with other teams. And I guess the Rays have a reputation of really developing good employees and good people so interview actually interviewed with more teams than I expected for other positions. Yeah, so there were positions with other teams that really kind of fit what I wanted to do, which was, you know, because I had somewhat of a technical like data analysis background and more of a coaching player background, I was kind of a, a good hybrid, which is apparently pretty rare in the industry. So was applying for like positions that were somewhat hybrids with other teams. Um, talked with the Red Sox and the Cubs, to name a few, and they had positions that were at affiliates that were kind of that hybrid of coach, but also like front office liaison. Um, and at the time that I was interviewing with those teams, the Rays just had like a video coordinator type role, um, which wasn't really up my alley. But so I told them, I was like, hey, I want to stay with, with you guys, but I really also want, like, I feel like this would be a really good fit for kind of my own background and they're like oh it's funny you say that and it's funny you mentioned that because we're literally creating a position for 
that is kind of speaks to that similar role. So ended up staying with the Rays and, and this past year I was on staff with our AAA team in Durham was kind of a kind of that front office R and D and coach hybrid. Um, and yeah, now that it's the off season, definitely more front office facing kind of helping out with a lot of different areas, a lot of different projects that we're working on. So a long winded of way of saying that I'm, I feel very fortunate uh, to be where I'm at and I've really enjoyed, I, I couldn't have imagined being in, a better organization or in a better role. Definitely just very grateful and very thankful and trying to work as hard as I can to hopefully prove them right and picking me. So what I'm hearing is the farm system extends far beyond their actual minor league team, but the, the staff as well. <laughs> We've also been, it's been really cool to kind of be, because we won, a, we won the league in Charleston last year and then when I when I was in Durham this year, we won like the AAA national championship, which I don't I it was probably very little of my own contributions, but it was really cool to be a part of. And like the the owner's son was was on the field with us in Vegas when we won, and he turned to me. We were talking. He turned to me and he goes, "You know, this is not like a every year thing, right? Like you just don't like just play a season and then win a championship every year. Like that's not what's supposed to happen." Um, <laughs> But I just, yeah, it's just been really cool and definitely feel very thankful. And a lot of it is just the players that we have and the people that we employ. Like, I love everybody that I work with. And I think that speaks to the organization in general and kind of who we who we hire, which is really cool. Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, my first year at Oregon State, whenever we won the uh conference tournament, made that Elite Eight run, that was the one thing I heard the most was, you know, this this isn't normal. <laughs> this isn't normal you can't expect just to show up somewhere and then immediately have the success it's a really cool thing to experience because i know you know you being a baseball fan growing up me being a basketball fan these are kind of those moments that you dream of like oh one day i'm gonna be there you know i want to coach and i want to be a part of that and, and make this win and make this run in the tournament won a national championship uh, and then to get to do it at such a, a young age is such a fulfilling thing. But I feel like I can't speak for you, but I feel like I, I know you pretty well. I think you could agree. It just makes you hungrier for more. Like I've got an old taste of it. This was awesome. What's the next thing? What can I, what can I achieve next? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that I'm sure both of you can relate in terms of, I actually spoke to my dad's class. Uh, last week and one of the questions was from his students was how do you channel your competitive drive now that you're not playing and for me it's like okay I want to do everything I can to hopefully contribute at at some point or help some players or the other coaches to take that next step in their in their own development and for me even if it is small I hopefully am helping Hope, helping the, these players get better and play well and the coaches coach better and for me it's like that competitive drive is just channeled in a different direction mm -hmm. because because again it's always going to be there I think in some form or fashion and it's really cool I'm, as I'm sure you've experienced Seth like just being able to channel that in a different avenue and you really find yourself invested in the players right and, and invested in the team and 
for me, it's it's just really cool to kind of, even if it even if it is being a small part of it. In my case, just seeing the product on the field and really investing in those guys is for me. It's I just want to help out as much as I can, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I channel my competitiveness now. I don't know how healthy that is, but that's kind of just how it is. Oh no, one hundred percent. I actually told my, I was talking to my dad about this a few weeks ago. Uh, I was like, you know, back when I was playing, like there was just that little fire, that ex, that competitiveness. But like since I, you know, hadn't been playing, like it doesn't show up when I'm playing an intramural game or like when I'm playing at the rec. Like I can't channel that same competitive drive that I had before because there, there's no pressure. The games don't matter, right? It's a pickup game at the rec. I'm playing a bunch of guys who were 30. Like this, there's no pressure. There's no importance here. It's just a game. But when we had our purple gold scrimmage and I got to coach one team and, you know, Coach Paulson took the other team. That was the first time that like fire came back. I'm yelling at the guys. I'm getting down. And I was like, I need to I need to calm down. This is not <laughs> my team. I'm coaching this team. Like we it's for the fans. This is this does not matter. It's not a the record doesn't count. But I got I was getting so into it. I was like, oh, cool. We're, we're we still have it. Well, I think that, I, I think that that's really. Well, one, just the self-awareness to kind of rein back is is good, I'm sure, in certain situations. Um, but it's also like it shows that you care, right? And I think that right. I think that the passion coming out in that way also is a signal to your players, right, that you care. And it's, I, in my opinion, I think it's way better than being apathetic. Or I'm right. sure people show it in different ways, but definitely, definitely better to care than to not care for sure analytically really with these new changes for baseball you know the the shifts you know not being a thing anymore and things of that nature how the pitch clock and that kind of stuff how, how do you think the Rays are going to deal with that this year yeah that's a great question and I <laughs> we actually experienced some of those in AAA this year with Durham they did the bigger bases and the pitch clock and the pickoff limits um all of those were implemented in AAA this past season. So I got a, a up close and personal view of those things. Um, I think eventually from the game side of things and the game marketability side of things, I think it makes the game, it definitely made the game quicker. We, def- we played longer games, like games that were typical times, but we also played games that were quicker. Um, the pitch clock really helped as guys kind of adjusted pitchers eventually hitters eventually kind of adapted to those circumstances it'll be interesting to see how that happens at the big league level because that's kind of a different kind of player a different kind of um person in terms of where they're at in their career but i think on the whole the, the rule changes will be positive for the speed of the game and the action in terms of just like base running things like that Uh, in terms of the shifts i I personally am not a huge fan. I can see why other people would be. I, for me, I just think it it benefits or it it, it disincentivizes creativity in terms of player positioning, and it hurts teams. Not necessarily the Rays in general, but like it hurts teams that are really good at placing putting guys in the best positions possible defensively. I think that's a competitive advantage. And if a, a hitter can't adjust based off of that, then I don't know if that's necessarily something that we should cater to, but definitely can see why MLB is, is implementing that. And 
teams will definitely have to adjust in terms of the race specifically. I really, <laughs> at the, at the risk of discussing like proprietary things, I can't really divulge <laughs> details. Yeah. I apologize, but I will say that we have, it's kind of crazy how we, when I joined the race, for example, as an intern last year, there were a bunch, I had a bunch of ideas. I was like, Hey, like maybe we can look into this and we can research this. And I want to like be able to analyze this. There were certain things that stuck and things that I was able to do like projects that I think showed what I could bring to the table as a full-time employee. And that definitely helped in terms of my full-time candidacy, but for the most part, when I would ask those questions, when I would be like, hey, like, have we looked into this in terms of research and things like that? The answer that I always got was, oh, yeah, our R&D department looked into that like three years ago. Um, <laughs> so like as the Rays, we have the largest R&D department in Major League Baseball, even though we have one of the smaller player budgets, we, it's kind of just a necessity. So and I, I have really good relationships with all of our most, if not all of our R&D people and they're very bright people and this kind of thing in terms of the shift being banned was always kind of on the horizon as a potential so i will say that we've had people for the last few years looking into solutions to this potentially happening and we have some very very smart people everyone everyone in the organization is extremely bright and it's really cool to kind of discuss these things and talk to people who have been examining this possibility for years now and kind of just get their perspective and yeah I, I think that we all of that to say I think we will adjust well um, in terms of the practical elements of that application and adjustments um, that will be something I guess that the public will have to see on the field. <laughs> no 100 percent you know like you said you guys have one of the smallest player budgets and one of the highest or the biggest R&D departments for as long as I've been a fan, that's always been the thing is we don't have the money to pay big time free agents or big time players. That's why I was so, so very happy when we paid Wander Franco. But that's another story. Me too. But we've Me never, too. we've never had that budget or that team. So we've always had to maximize what we had, like you said, with the analytics and with, and with placing all that. So I think you being there is absolute perfect, perfect place for you to be, to learn a whole lot. You've already, you know, proven You've got the the baseball know-how, the coaching, you've played, you're at Vanderbilt, you're at you know, some very successful places, and now you're with an organization that's known for being one of the best analytical teams in the league. I think you're in an absolutely great spot, and I'm super excited to see what happens with you, Matthew. Yeah, I appreciate it, and it's really cool to kind of see how, as I mentioned, we just have great people, and really bright really fantastic human beings and also just they, they're really good at their respective jobs and my boss always says that's a feature not a bug and we really try to lean on those people and it's been really it's really been a pleasure in the last two years to kind of get to know a bunch of different people in a bunch of different departments that's one of the cool things in my job is kind of I, I have contact with pretty much every department on the baseball ops side that mm -hmm. we have and the people and the players that we, you know, end up drafting or acquiring are a huge factor in our success, the biggest factor. And hopefully we continue down that route and, and really just prioritizing the people and prioritizing the players. And that's obviously led to a lot of success and hopefully moving forward the, in a similar vein. 
on a serious note, I need you to deliver a message um, when you get back that I am still furious with Kevin Cash for pulling Blake Snell in the World Series. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care what the numbers say. He was absolutely dealing through five and two thirds innings. I'm still very upset about that. It bothers me to this day. Oh man, uh, I could see why you'd be upset. I I ended up when I ended up taking a job with the internship with the Rays, I, I got a lot of messages that I needed to tell, talk to people about that situation. But <laughs> I was not with the organization at the time, but I'm sure what they, their decision was sound in reasoning and the result wasn't great, but because we are the Rays, we have to rely on yep. sound decision-making and then let the chips fall where they may. No, I, I get it. The numbers say the third time through the lineup, the batting average skyrockets. That was the th- third time through was coming up. That's how, that's what got us there. That's who we were. That's the identity we have. You have to stick with it, but he was just absolutely dealing. I know but the, the analytics got us there, but he was on fire. Nobody could touch him. It bothered me so much. I need to calm down. I can definitely, I can definitely <laughs> see why, um, but hopefully we get back and that's the plan. So hopefully eventually it'll be ancient history and, and not in the forefront of Ray's fans' minds. If we can, I, I was going to get into, you know, some top guys, young, young guys that you would start a franchise with if you were like, you know, not with a franchise at the moment, but if you were like building one today, who are some of the top young prospects that you would kind of go with? And all, all three of us can, can throw out names here. Oh man. Um, I think part of I'm I'm partially biased because we played a lot of great people in AAA this year, and a lot of them were prospects. Um, so probably most of the people that I'm going to name are people that we played. Um, <clears throat> but right now, I think one of the best infield prospects in baseball. He I don't know if he even counts as a prospect anymore because he got some big league time near the end of the year. But Gunnar Henderson with the Orioles was one of my favorite players to watch that we were playing during the year. Um, got to see him a bunch when he was with Norfolk, the Orioles AAA team. Um, ended up getting a good amount of big league time at the end of the year. Yeah, I think he's phenomenal. We have a lot of great shortstops and filters with the Rays. Um, Gunner, I think, would fit right in with those guys and do well. And he's very versatile. He put, they, they moved him around in the infield. And the bat is really exciting to me. He's he's really mature hitter for his age. He's 21 years old and had a lot of success in AAA and then showed a little bit of that in the big leagues this year. So he was really good. I, I enjoyed playing against him. That was always fun trying to figure out how to get him out. And on the pitching side, <clears throat> also kind of crazy, crazily, crazily enough with the Orioles, um, Grayson Rodriguez, the starting pitcher, their farm system is just really our farm system is really, really good, and so is theirs. So that was a lot of fun just playing against them. Um, but yeah, Grayson Rodriguez, he's a pitcher, bigger guy. He actually went to – he's a Texas boy. He went to um, uh, Central Heights. Yeah. High school. Uh, one, of, one of our buddies was a coach at Central Heights, and he was like – he was telling me, he was like, oh, yeah, dude, this, this kid's about to go, you know, top ten in the draft, like – he was he was supposed to go to school but then they were like oh probably not now that they're thinking <laughs> you know first round pick and it's just like man 
Yeah, he was, and it was kind of funny too, because we played when we were 3A, College Station High School was 3A. We, that was by far, even when Central Heights, I think was 2A at the time, they were by far the best team that we played when we were in 3A. And it was always fun to play against them. And they were always really good, especially. They've got really nice facilities over there too. Like their basketball gym is nice. Their baseball field's nice. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those, it's definitely a Texas thing, like a smaller school mm-hmm. having like Franklin too, like nicer, mm-hmm. nice facilities, a lot of money in the area and a lot of money invested into those kids. And it's cool that they kind of repay that by being, being really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think my, my prospects though, mm-hmm. I, I definitely have to go, even though he got, he did get a lot of big league time, uh, Julio Rodriguez, even though he had a ton of big league time, especially even in the home run derby. But then pitching wise, I'd probably have to go to the two kids from uh, Vandy that went to the Rangers. You know, as as a Rangers fan, I just you know Rocker Kumar Rocker. I think he's gonna I think he's really gonna start dealing next Jack couple of years when he's in there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of good tools. Uh, the guys you named, they have they have a lot of strength for sure. I don't have one exactly. I didn't follow a whole lot of. My early guys, the ones I mainly followed were like Adley Rutschman because he was at Oregon State. It's where I came from. And so I heard a lot about him, a lot of awesome stories. But he was a great guy. So, I mean, I was really the only minor league guy that I was following. I don't really think I can say that since he was an absolute animal in the majors this year. But last question that I had for Matthew, though, before we let you go. Tampa Bay has always had a great farm system. Who is your prediction, if you can say? Or what minor league players going to just kind of pop up out of nowhere for Tampa Bay? Start minor league by the end of the season, though. He's on the he's in the starting nine. Who's your guy? We have a lot of really awesome players. I think that in terms of big league impact, the <clears throat> the guy that stands out, and he's he's got he's gotten a lot of a decent amount of hype the last year or so. Um, name is Taj Bradley and he's a mm-hmm. pitcher and really young kid, 21 years old, still kind of figuring out a lot of different things, but he's really talented, works really hard, really good kid, just has a lot going for him and just very, it's, he's a very special talent um, as a pitcher. And I think that he's somebody that even as soon as this next season, he ended up in AAA with us at the end of the year this past season in terms of big league impact, I could see him being pretty impactful pretty soon, just with all yep. the, all the things he has going for him, all the strength that he has and the fact that he's so young and he's just really good at that age and for the level. So he's definitely one to watch out for amongst hopefully many others in the, in the minor leagues. Really appreciate you, you having me on and hopefully my I was as good, if not better, than my my father. Matthew, we really appreciate it. You know, best of luck to you guys this season. We following you in the raisin and in Durham. You'll be in Durham again this year, right? Or yeah, that's the plan. Plans to go back, awesome. um, especially with it being in a position just to have some continuity. Yep. Um, so excited about that. Durham, the whole triangle area is really cool. Go raise. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. See you, Matthew. See ya. That's going to do it for us this week. Appreciate you guys listening. Um, We will continue to try and get these out every week, maybe every other week. It kind of depends on the schedule. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Everybody have a great day.